See, Noah's family was in the ark for 370 days. That's a little over a whole year. That's a long time. Could you imagine living in with a bunch of animals for over a whole entire year? Welcome to the Oh My Geekers podcast, where we educate others while educating ourselves on an array of topics. We also review movies, books, and TV shows. This is Jeanette. And Zeke. I'm your host, and Zeke is my son. And we are here to talk about the book of Genesis. We're doing a series through um, Genesis, and we're in the eighth chapter. And we are exactly at the mountains of Ararat, right, Zeke? Well, close enough. We're not exactly in the mountains of air. We're in our room, but. <laughs> okay, so uh, thank you for joining us here. If you're listening, um, we're just really excited to be going through the book of Genesis because it's a new year and it's 2023 and it is an amazing journey when we go through the entire Bible verse by verse. I think this is exactly what we want to do right Zeke yeah <laughs> okay so we're gonna start off with verse one so what we want you to do if you're able um, if not it's okay to grab your Bible and follow along with us and I'm gonna have Zeke start off reading verse one then God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the animals that were with him on the ark and God made a wind to pass over the earth and the water subsided. Wow. Okay, so I have a question regarding verse 1. Zeke, why does it say that God remembered Noah? Does that mean he forgot about him? No, no. In the Hebrew, remembered is in the imperfect tense. In the imperfect tense in Hebrew, it describes an incomplete happen. So it can happen in the past, like remembered uh present remembering or future remem i will remember uh so it might be translated as god is remembering noah he never forgot about noah he wasn't neglecting noah for something else it's just noting that throughout all this chaos god is remembering him he was remembering him he has been remembering him he's remembering it's an active remember so you're saying in the Hebrew, um, an imperfect tense, because I am not familiar with uh, grammar terms. So I don't even know so, what a tense is. So th think of it I this. I know what past tense is. So I think of present tense is. So think of it this way. So there's past tense, like I have done this. Mm -hmm. uh, present tense, I am doing this. And future tense. Uh, I will do this. Mm -hmm. In the Hebrew, they only have two two tenses. One tense is the perfect tense, like the completed action. Like it is always rendered as uh, something done past tense, like I ate. And then you have the imperfect tense, which 
uh, can either be like, I was eating, I am eating, or I will eat. Okay, I'm sure somebody out there understands what you just said. <laughs> so, it, but it's, you were saying that an imperfect tense, tense describes an incomplete action. Yes. So, you're saying that when God remembers Noah, it's an incomplete action? It's an incomplete action. It never, he, it, it doesn't say that this is the point when he was remembering Noah. He didn't begin to remember Noah. He was remembering Noah. He is remembering Noah. He did not just decide to remember Noah at that moment. Because I have heard in the past, um, um, people teach it that God has so much to do out there in the in the beyond the universe that he just was like you know what oh I forgot ah, there's this little guy down there in a boat <laughs> and that didn't ever sit well with me so that's why I asked you know in verse one it says then God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the animals that were with him in the ark. And it's also it's also good to know that it does when it says then God, well then, then is a translation issue. It's mostly mostly that word is and and God remembering Noah. And God remembering Noah. Okay, yeah. I see it like that. Okay. So why don't we go to verse two through four? Okay, so the fountains of the deep and the windows of heaven were also stopped, and the rain from heaven was restrained, and the waters receded continually from the earth. At the end of the hundred and fifty days, the waters decreased. Then the ark rested in the seventh month, the seventeenth day of the month, on the mountains of Ararat. Where, where exactly is Mount Ararat? So the traditional location of Mount Ararat is a volcano on the border of Turkey and Armenia. So you know where Turkey is, right? Uh, no. So well, I do, but I is it near Iran? Uh. Okay, then I don't. <laughs> okay, so do you know where the Middle East is? Yes. Okay, so do you know where Israel is in the Middle East? Yes. So north of Israel is Lebanon. Okay. And yes, north I of. Do. I do know that. North of Lebanon is Syria. Okay. Uh, north of Syria is Turkey. Wow. And so a little bit north east from Turkey is Armenia. And Armenia is south of a country called Georgia. Georgia is south, south of Russia. So you get that idea. So. Yes, I do. They're so, kind of lined up. Right? Yeah. Okay. But th this mountain probably didn't exist until sometime after the flood because of the fact that most volcanoes popped up uh, after that point. Ultimately, we can only say that it landed somewhere north of Mesopotamia. So you're saying that Mount Ararat is somewhere... In the Middle East, near Mesopotamia somewhere, correct? North of Mesopotamia. North of Mesopotamia. You, what you're saying is, is that 
the the boat landed on top of Mount Ararat that in Mount Ararat was not there pre-flood but then during the flood mm. somehow when the waters receded there appeared Mount Ararat and that's where well, it rested that I'm well no confused. so so the thing is is that uh so the earth is made of up of a crust mm-hmm. and below that crust is magma magma is this hot liquid yes and so (laughs) when the flood happened the magma kind of rushed up and made mountains and the bible never said the mount ararat it said the mountains of ararat so it's a mountain range and so the traditional location of mount ararat if you look up mount ararat on google maps it will take you to a volcano, but volcanoes didn't really pop up until after, uh, around the time they were building the Tower of Babel. Okay, so we don't know exactly where the Ark is. No. Wow. Okay. Has anyone ever found it? So the Jewish historian Josephus he said that the timbers of the Ark could be found during his time. And there were recent rumors of Russian explorers uh, going inside of the Ark and taking pictures just before uh, it fell to the communists. You even have reports of a weird shape near Mount Ararat, which fits the size of the Ark. Unfortunately, most of these claims are unreliable. See some link in the show notes for more information about those uh, things. Okay, and, but that was from the Jewish historian Josephus. Well, yeah, he, he said that he personally had never seen them, but he said that they could be found, the timbers, that is. Really quick, why is the Jewish historian Josephus so popular to Christians? To Christians... He's popular because he mentioned Jesus and John and Jesus's brother, James. Um, On the other hand, overall with history, he is very famous because he talked a lot about the days that Jesus sort of lived around. And like Herod, the Herodian sort of kingdom there and how... The Jews went to war against the Greeks and the uh, Romans and all that. Okay, so he's a reputable ancient historian? Well, reputable in within his field. Okay. Okay, that's cool. Um, can, where do you get um, his well, works? L- look in the show notes. There will be a link oh, to one of his that. books. Okay. Verse 5, and the waters decreased continually until the tenth month. In the tenth month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains were seen. So it came to pass at the end of forty days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. Then he sent out a raven, which kept going to and fro until the waters had dried up from the earth. Okay, I I have a question here. It says when it says the... 10th month they were in the boat for over but they were in the boat for over 40 days 
yeah, as we shall see, Noah's family was in the ark for 370 days. That's a little over a whole year. That's a long time. Could you imagine living in with a bunch of animals for over a whole entire year? Well, I can imagine living with two animals for yeah. a whole year, but not I would go all these animals. Crazy. I would just be like, it would be almost like COVID, just being stuck feeding animals all day. I don't know. So why don't we go to verses 8 through 9. Okay. He also sent out from himself a dove to see if the waters had receded from the face of the ground. But the dove found no resting place for the sole of her foot, and she returned into the ark for, to him, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took her and drew her into the ark to himself. Okay, I... So first it was a raven that he sent out. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he changed it from a raven to a dove. And so why was it a dove that he sent out the second time? So he probably sent out a dove because a dove is a picture of the Holy Spirit. You may remember that from the first chapter, the first episode, that God's Spirit hovered over the face of the chaotic waters. This is a microcosm, a smaller version of that. Later, we'll see this pattern when Jesus is baptized and the Spirit comes down on him like a dove. So, him sending out the dove is a representation of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. over chaotic waters. But, but the raven, why was, what's up with the raven? Why do you think he sent the raven out first? Because it was a raven. <laughs> Okay, does the olive leaf represent anything? Well, the olive olive oil in the Bible represents being anointed with the Spirit, like how Jesus was anointed with the Spirit. Okay, okay. so that, that, that was from verse 10 and 11. And he waited another seven days, and then he sent the dove out from the ark. Then the dove came to him in the evening, and behold, a freshly plucked olive leaf was in her mouth, and no one knew that the waters had receded to the, from the earth. Okay, now. That's so interesting because he does, I mean, all of this, the olive leaf, you know, the olive tree is, you know, even goes into the New Testament, you know, because wasn't Jesus on the Mount of Olives, or was it just a popular tree back then? Well, it's a popular tree because you get a lot of oil from it, and oil is used for a lot of things. I know, huh? Especially olive oil. Okay, so... Verse 12 to 14. So he waited yet another seven days and sent out the dove, which did not return to him any more. And it came to pass in the six hundred and first year, in the first month, the first day of the month, that the waters were dried up from the earth. And Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked. And indeed the surface of the ground was dry. And in the second month, on the twenty-seventh day of the month, the earth was dried. What does it mean by the 601st year? This is the 601st year of Noah's life. So. Oh, wow. <gasps> oh, he's so old. <laughs> Verses 15 to 17. Then God spoke to Noah, saying, Go out of the ark, 
you and your wife and your son and your son's wives with you bring out with you every living thing of all flesh that is with you birds and cattle and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so that they may abound on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth what does it mean to be fruitful it sounds like the book is starting all over again like it, it to me it sounds just as it was with with adam and eve when he told them be fruitful and multiply but now it seems like everything's starting over again well so what do you think in a means? sense it is starting over again because god is about to make the noahic covenant so noah is about to repopulate the earth which has been destroyed so mm -hmm. god wants it repopulated and now he's making a new covenant which kind of mirrors the Edenic covenant and the Edenic covenant was to be fruitful and multiply that was okay so the Edenic how many covenants have we talked about okay we've talked about two covenants so the first one is the Edenic covenant mm -hmm. and that was to humans to populate the earth okay then is the Adamic covenant mm -hmm. and that covenant was to be in communion with God and not to eat the fruit of the tree of the garden. And then this one is the Noahic covenant, which is humans will set up government and uh, that God will never flood the earth. Okay. Also, we're also going to be going over first mentions because that's something that I've always wanted to learn. H has there been any first mentions that we've gone through so far? Well, one of the first mentions was the spirit hovering over the waters. So, like, it's repeated in this story. Uh, it's repeated in the book of Exodus. The, the waters of the Red Sea, mm -hmm. God's breath goes through the waters breath is spirit so the spirit is going through the waters again uh would it be the first mention of spirit spirit so far so i mean there could be first mentions of a grip of things correct yes a, a whole group of things okay how do you mean know how to know what the first mention of this or that well one one thing is to have a good concordance okay that's one thing uh, you l look for patterns throughout mm -hmm. the Bible. Mm -hmm. uh, one good resource to go to is uh, the Bible Project. They they go through a lot of first mentions and go through the whole Bible. Oh, that's cool. That that would be something good to to go through. So we're as we're going through the Book of Genesis, we're we're if we do come across a first mention that you feel is important. Definitely, uh, we could talk about that. I know we talked about that in one of the episodes. Um, mm -hmm. And then um, we're also going to mention the um, covenants as we're going through uh, Genesis, Genesis because they're very important. Okay. All right. Verse 18 through 19. So Noah went out, and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him, every animal, every creeping thing, every bird, and whatever creeps on the earth according to their families, went out of the ark. According to their families? What does that mean? Okay, so the, this Hebrew word, mish, 
mishpacha means clan, and it differ it differs from the word for kinds. I personally and this is just me personally, speculate that this may mean that Noah separated the lizard creatures from the horse creatures and the clean animals from the unclean animals. So, What's the Hebrew word again? Uh, mishpacha. It means clan as instead of family? Well, it can mean family, but it's more like clan. Like, yeah, yeah. Like a whole group of things. Yeah, that's interesting. That's so according to their clan. Okay, that makes sense. Verse 20. Yes. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Why clean animals? And why did he do this in the first place? Clean animals perfectly represent Christ because they... They don't roll around in trash or eat other animals, and they don't roll in the mud and poop. Noah is doing this because he thanks God for protecting him and the animals. That uh, that's why God told him to take a little bit more um, uh, clean animals onto the ark. Oh, that's right. I remember us talking about that because he's going to. He's, he's going to start the whole sacrifice thing all over again. Mm -hmm. Like he's, or continue it. He's going to continue with the sacrificing. It's going to, it means something. Okay. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. Wow. I mean, God is so good and so gracious, even though he knows that the imagination of the human heart is evil from his youth. And that's continually. That is why. Why would this be so soothing to God, the aroma? Uh, because these animals signify what Christ will do when he sacrifices himself on the cross. It's a it's a substitute uh, it's soothing because he does not have to kill, uh, kill the pe his image bearers. He does not want to kill humans. It it's soothing to him, and uh, this is also first mention. You'll you'll see this throughout primarily like the book of Leviticus, like this su sweet smelling aroma. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's this that's it goes very deep it's it's very hard for me to understand these things so um verse 22 while the earth remains seed time and harvest cold and heat winter and summer and day and night shall not cease like god's covenant with noah assures everyone that even though we are evil from our conception he will not wipe us out or destroy us in the same way same way he will send christ to heal us from our sinful nature and we have no burden to keep th his, this covenant until then like th this one covenant in the noahic covenant mm -hmm. does not have like a stipulation you do not have to follow it for god to keep from destroying the earth yeah so whenever we see and i think we'll read this next time but whenever we see a rainbow 
it's a reminder that God's never going to flood the earth again. Mm-hmm. And it gives us a lot of hope when we yes. see a rainbow, right? Yes. What do you think about the rainbow? Yeah, it's it's a it's just, it's a symbol of uh, God. of His grace, right, and mercy mm-hmm. of His mercy. Mm-hmm. Yes, we'll talk about more about that on the next time. Yeah, yeah. So um, we hope that you enjoyed uh, going through the was it the eighth chapter? Yes, the eighth chapter. (laughs) The eighth chapter of uh, Genesis. And um, this is really fun. We're learning a lot. Knowing me, I'll forget it all, but that's okay. Um, It's going to stay on this platform forever. And that's the blessing that we're doing here is just trucking through God's word and and just... um, It's always been, I mean, I've gone through the Bible before, um, you know, most of the Bible, but I have never really gone through each and every single book from the very beginning. I've read the New Testament over and over, like for years and years, but the Old Testament, I, I haven't read it over and over for many years, and there's a lot of it that I've forgotten, so this is gonna be really, fun to be able to have I feel like I'm rambling (laughs) but anyway um thank you everyone we forgot to pray in again but that's okay we're gonna pray out again but we before that we want to thank everyone who um comes on and listens or who will come on and listen it could even be my grandchildren that end up coming on and listening one day or my great-grandchildren You never know. But thank you to everyone who pops on, listens. Um, We hope this is a blessing to you. And we um, pray that this, um, what we're we're sharing here, um, you yourself will go look these things up. Um, uh, What do they they always say? Like, the Holy Spirit teaches you. Mm Mm-hmm. And that, you know, don't just take our word um, for what we're, we're sharing here. To show thyself approved Move unto to God. God. O workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Well, thank you so much, Zeke. We're going to pray out. Go ahead. Okay, our Father, we thank you for this day. And we thank you for going through this series and we just pray that you will bless this and that you will edify people by this and uh we thank you for uh this season of january and uh in Jesus' name amen amen january's almost over for crazy well thank you all for joining the oh my geekers podcast, podcast.